Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anche Emmet Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Vayichi, Joseph versus Moses, Utilitarianism versus Ideals. When you were growing up, how seriously did you take the American ideal? Wow, uh, that's a big, fat question. Um, you know, I think I probably took it for granted. I probably just assumed that this was, um, you know, there are certain things that are drilled into your head. In my youth as well, ideas were not the issue. There were there was patriotism. There was a sense that America was the best country in the world and what we did was right and good and that there was evil in the world and we had to fight that evil. And America is special and a gifted country and is really out here to kind of make the world better. Yeah, that's right. I have a feeling where this is going, and, and maybe I'll blow it up a little bit and say that the way we were taught about our Judaism wasn't all that different, right? We were the chosen people. Israel was the promised land, and we start with that. We go from there. We've been talking too long. You saw <laughs> right through me there. And what what are the ideals, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, go back to your kind of Hebrew school universe. Did we talk about big ideas and how they function? We talk about big theological ideas. Probably not. Did we even talk about the moral ideas and the moral struggles that fill the pages of the Talmud? I know in my life, I didn't have that. I said, I knew that we were the chosen people. I knew that Israel was a miracle and all of that. But the ideas make Judaism the remarkable religion that it is. It's probably not, was not part of my vocabulary and probably not yours as well. And so when you look at this week's portion, Vayichi, it's interesting because not only does Jacob die, but Joseph's going to die. And we often refer to, the tradition, I should say, refers to Joseph as the tzaddik, Joseph as the righteous one. And how righteous was he really? And that's an interesting question because in a way, is Joseph motivated by ideals or is he motivated by survival instincts, opportunity, and an overall sense of utilitarianism? Well, it's interesting because, uh, look, you and I were just talking about how we were indoctrinated as, you know, Americans, right? We learn, learn to salute the flag. We learn George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. And for our grandparents, they came here for very practical reasons, right? Not because they wanted to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. They came here because the place they were living was worse. And they were looking for an opportunity, probably for the most part, an economic opportunity for their children and their grandchildren. So maybe in most cases, it's the practical, the pragmatic that drives the decision making. And then later you embrace the ideas, the philosophy and the higher ground, the morals and ideals. Well, there's kind of a thick and a thin way of looking at this. The thin way of looking at this, and that's not to criticize in any way the decision that our relatives made to come to this country and make a new life and the sacrifices they made. But what was drawing them here was probably not the ideals of America, the thinking of the founding fathers, but a place that they could actually practice their religion freely and raise their children and make a living. Yeah, they were, they were being chased out of their homelands, right? And it was like, okay, where can I go? Uh, well, that place looks safer than what we got here. You know, it's as simple as that. So any place that would open their doors 
was the goal. And you weren't going to say, well, can I morally go to this country because of their past history? That wasn't part of their thinking. But America was built on ideas, an ideal. And I think it's problematic that we're not looking more deeply at the ideals of America. And I think in some ways that was reflected in the last election. I think, you know, if we were to be fair, we would say that those ideals were part of what made this place open to our grandparents, right? One reason that so many immigrants came is because America welcomed them and America believed the ideals of this country were built on open arms and that we were going to be a country of immigrants. Um, maybe not so open armed when it came to, you know, how we treated um, people of color who were arriving as slaves, but putting that aside, if we can for just a moment, those were the American ideals. So you may not have been coming here with that in mind necessarily, but those conditions were what made it possible for you to come here. Not the ideals of America, but the reality of America and which was the extension of those ideals, is what drew us here. But it's interesting that our ancestors actually did have a second choice. At the same time that we see this huge immigration developing from Eastern Europe and Russia to America, you're also seeing Jews beginning to go to Israel, to Palestine. And they're making a choice based upon Jewish ideas. Most people are making choices because they're Jews, and other people making choices because of Jewish ideals. And I think that's of interest because it really does tie back into the story. Because Joseph is the first diaspora Jew, and his brothers are going to to go along with Joseph, and they're going to bury Jacob after he dies back in the homeland. They're going to take him to Kevra Machpelah in Hebron, where Sarah is buried, where Abraham is buried, and Isaac is buried, and Rebekah is buried, and he's going to be joined with his kin. But when the funeral's over, they're going to get back on their camels, or however they got there, and they're going to go right back to Egypt. They're going to go right back to the diaspora, even though they're only two generations back from Abraham who received the promise. And that's very real to them. So don't you think that's interesting that the allure of Egypt, which is certainly an easier life and has many more economic opportunities for them, is the draw and not the ideals of Torah? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I wonder if anybody's ever studied how people made those choices and whether religiosity was a factor. Were people who were more religious in Eastern Europe and Russia, were they more likely to go to Israel? Were people who were less religious more likely to go to America? Did the level of your religiosity affect where you settled in America, right? Like some people came and immediately left Ellis Island and went to parts far removed. They went to Texas. They went to the West. It didn't matter whether there was a Jewish community there or not. That's where they spread out. Uh, were you more likely to stay in New York if you were somewhat more religious? I wonder if that, if that was a factor. In America, that was certainly a factor. It should be stated that those who went to Israel, they were almost always enamored with this notion of nationalism, of Jewish history, of the place of the Jewish people and building a homeland for the Jews. But the driving force for most of those Jews going back to Israel was socialism. In other words, they were taking the ideals of socialism and they were applying them to a Jewish homeland. So this is kind of the fusion of Zionism and socialism, which, you know, produces the kibbutz system and so much else that was part of uh, the early growth of Israel. 
Right. Nothing happens in a bubble. You can't assign these complicated emotional, sociological, economic decisions. You can't ascribe it to any one factor. So there's a fusion on every level. But in America, to answer your question, you see that the Orthodox community largely stayed in New York because that's where they could get kosher food, right? That's where they could make sure they had a minion. That's where they could buy lulav and etrog. And the more entrepreneurial Jews oftentimes were also a little less observant. They had to push Shabbat aside as they began to make their way forward into this country. There's a clear demarcation in that way. But then again, you have traditional communities developing in big cities. And again, to this very day, the bulk of the Orthodox community lives in large cities, now on both coasts and Chicago, etc. But and outside of Chabad, which kind of goes everywhere, the Orthodox community tends to congregate in large cities. So religiosity did play a role. Yeah, so there's a combination, again, of the practical and the idealist, right? By sticking together, you can better stick to your ideals. That's true. And in a way, Joseph would have done just fine in America. He changed his name. He changed his mode of dress. Even he changed his language. And he gave his children non-Jewish names. So he did lots of interesting things. He is the first diaspora Jew. And in an interesting way, Jonathan, you could make a comparison to Moses because we're going to meet Moses in the following week. And Moses is, in a sense, the polar opposite of Joseph. So Joseph is born in Israel and takes on an Egyptian persona. So he leaves his Jewish persona and accepts this Egyptian persona, whereas Moses is, in a sense, born into, or a very young age, into Egypt society, and he gives up that allegiance to accept his Jewish allegiance, right? Yeah, right. And of course, they're both products of their time and their place, right? Moses didn't have as many choices as Joseph had, I would argue. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, I think Moses had more choice. Moses didn't have to do any of this stuff. He could have lived a very nice life in Pharaoh's palace. He just had one choice. He could choose to stay in Pharaoh's dungeon, or he could go and make a life for himself in Pharaoh's court. Wasn't much of a choice. Moses could have stayed. Joseph does everything possible to accede to the requests of Pharaoh. In fact, even when his father dies in this week's portion, he's going to ask Pharaoh permission to go home, right? So everything he does is to win favor with Pharaoh, where Moses is going to stand up to Pharaoh, and he's going to confront him. And what's driving Moses isn't some innate bravery. It's not Charlton Heston, this kind of macho figure. Moses is driven by ideals, and Joseph is driven by needs, which are legitimate, but needs alone and utilitarianism isn't going to take you, forgive the expression, to the promised land. Only ideals will take you there. And that's an interesting issue. What, you know, how we think about the thin approach, which is Joseph, and the nuanced approach of Moses and the ideals. Because, you know, think of it this way. How many leaders would have stuck it out with the children of Israel as they went through the desert? How many leaders would have turned around and said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Let's go back to Egypt. Right? You could see that. But unless the ideals are driving you, you're not going to get there, just like the ideals of the founding fathers are the ones who created the rubric for this country. 
ideas matter. No, that's a really good point. It's not just a question of the choices in front of you. It's what's uh, it's what's driving you, I guess. I was thinking about this, actually, this idea yesterday. I was reading an article, which is kind of right up your alley, about a policeman who saved Martin Luther King's life. He was stabbed in the 50s in New York, right, in Harlem. A woman came up to him with a, uh envelope opener and uh, stabbed him. He was sitting there, and this policeman came and basically saved his life and arranged for him to get out the back because there are all kinds of people in the front. I was thinking, when I after I finished reading the article, I was really impressed with the officer and was reminded of the balance that we need as we approach the police. But I was also thinking, gosh, if I was Martin Luther King, would I have just given it up right there? Would I have just stopped and said, you know what, I'm done, too dangerous? Right, and that's where it comes down to ideals because um – he had every reason, just as, as Moses did, to say, okay, well, I got you out of this jam. I got you started. You guys take it from here. I've had enough. But when it's in your core, when those are your core ideals, when that's the reason you live, when you believe God has given you this purpose in life, you can't really compromise. You can't really go back and say someone else can take over. That's not an option. So there you have it. Ideas matter. And at the end of Joseph's life, we honor him. We remember him well. He taught us great lessons about tshuva, about repentance. But Moses is the one who's going to take us forward. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi.